And now, from our studios in Kansas City, Sci-Fi For Me Radio is live from the bunker. I'm doing my prep for today, and I've got this, I, I run across this little post-it note here, and on this post-it note I have written live streaming menu surfing, and I have absolutely no idea what it means. This, this is, uh, this is a sign, I think, maybe. Maybe that it's it's a sign that I, I either have been doing this too long or I need to get a little bit more organized, perhaps. I don't know. Welcome, everyone. We are live from the bunker. My name is Jason Hunt. I am the editor here at Sci-Fi for Me. Turn that down just a little bit more. Screaming guitars in my ears, right? We are broadcasting live to Odyssey, Facebook, YouTube. Even though YouTube is... Engaged in shenanigans. We went almost a full week with 2,100 subscribers over on YouTube, and it even bounced up, climbed up to 2,102 at one point, and now we're back down to 2,096. And it's either, you know, some people have decided they didn't like what I had to say, or, or YouTube's being YouTube. Besides the live program, of course, you can always watch and replay. And we do have this show available on various podcast platforms. So you can find us over there. And uh, Sci-Fi Snob there in the chat saying that all of those uh, new subscribers were him. And he just unsubbed. Okay. It's good to know. Good to know. That's that's how things that's how things are, right? Uh Speaking of the podcast stuff, it looks like we were picking up listeners. We got uh, we got listeners now in Brazil. Happy to have you uh, happy to have you with us. Uh, I'm seeing Poland, Germany. You take a look here at the map. You see all the different places where people are listening. Now we do have listeners in other countries that are not highlighted on this map, but it goes back just a certain certain amount of time. I know we've got people in Latvia, and New Zealand, and Russia, and so. Uh, always, uh, always good to have new listeners show up. And a real quick update on ISOM number one. This is Eric July's campaign. He's at $3.2 million on this, uh, on this comic book. That's, that's just not going to go anywhere. I just, I just, you know, this, this idea of an independent comic that, uh, is is written by a black libertarian. It's just the terrible, terrible thing, right? Uh, at least according to all of the people who who should know. I mean, all of the experts, and we've talked about this a little bit. The fact, and I mentioned this on on Saturday, the fact that now manga is taking up seventy percent of the market share is a clear indication that the traditional comics publishing industry is in a great deal of trouble, even though they don't want to acknowledge that, even though people like 
Mark Wade and John Jackson Miller and whoever else they're going, oh, no, 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 comics are fine, comics are fine, comics are fine, everything's fine, everything's fine. Meanwhile, they're sitting in the middle of a house of fire, surrounded by manga. And manga is destroying the traditional comics industry. And most people that are traditional comics people, people like Scott Snyder, people like uh, Sean Gordon Murphy and and that that group are taking to Substack and Kickstarter and Indiegogo and they're and they're coming up with their own stuff. But let a black libertarian do it and and suddenly this is a terrible thing. It both inspires me and it makes me a little jealous, I will admit. Because this is, this is the kind of success that I will never hope to have. And I'm fine with that. I'm not, I'm not, I, I don't begrudge Eric his success. He has worked for it. He's earned it. He deserves every bit of success that he gets. No question. But I look at this and I'm thinking, just a piece just a piece. If I had something, whether it was a you know, print magazine, I thought about updating my book and putting it out there, maybe doing a comic book, but the the challenge becomes the infrastructure, the, the support that you have putting the thing together. <coughs> and I will admit, I don't think I have that. Not yet, anyway. We're, we're getting there. You know, it's it's building. It's a slow burn. You know, I've made the joke, you know, 15 years. When we get to 15 years, we'll be an overnight success. So we get two years to go. If we last that long. I don't know. We'll see. Speaking of, as part of that strategy, the idea here for the growth, because we talked about the fact that YouTube doesn't like hybrid channels like ours. Uh, you either live stream all the time or you upload videos all the time, but don't do both because the algorithm doesn't like it. The algorithm doesn't know what to do with it. So with that in mind, and this is kind of a soft launch here. I've talked about doing it. We haven't officially done anything with it yet because there's nothing over there yet. But we have. I have put together Sci-Fi For Me TV.2. And... This is I'll put this I'll put this link in the in the chat over on over on YouTube so people can go to it. There like I said there's nothing there yet. But I I'm, I'm seeing a number of different channels that are mostly live stream channels that are setting up these secondary channels for the uploads. So as a test, as an experiment, we're going to do the TV.2 over here, and that's going to be where the, re the pre-recorded stuff lives. I'm not sure exactly when we're going to start. Maybe August 1st, maybe after Labor Day. I'm not sure yet. But the live shows will continue here, and then they get uploaded over there. They'll still live here. You can still watch them here. But all of the all, all of the record after we'll take the recording and we'll upload it over there and then stuff like salacious crumbs, triple bites, uh, vault of the killer bees, all of those things, those are going to live over on the TV.2. I may still upload them here. I don't know. It's, it's, du it's duplication of effort no matter what I do. 
But I want to see, just as an experiment, this is kind of one of those what they call A-B tests. I want to see how that one does just as an upload channel. So that one would be strictly just upload the videos and no live things over there. Even if we get to the point where we can do live, this one's just going to, this TV.2 is just going to be all pre-recorded stuff. We're just going to put it over there and see what happens. And yes, I, I did. I, I pulled out all the stops, all the stops in naming the channel. Because we've we've already got the TV.2. Uh, I've got some stuff, I think, from, from Tom recording it. So, you know, I might as well recycle it. Because originally the TV.2 was what we were calling our Twitch channel. But we hardly ever used the Twitch channel. So... Anyway, so yeah, and yes, Dave, it's like being a guinea pig. Y'all can y'all can be our guinea pig. Uh, y'all can be our guinea pigs and sign up for the channel and subscribe to the channel and see what happens. I don't know. I don't know if it's going to do us any good. We'll see. I, you know, there are there are days. There are days I look at all of this stuff and I don't think anything's going to do any good. I I get I get very frustrated. I will admit, because. Growth depends on a few things. Growth depends, and we depend greatly on word of mouth more than anything else, because I don't have money to spend on advertising this stuff. I guess we could start selling selling merch, but who's going to want to buy any stuff, right? Um, we could We could... Try to sell ads. I don't know. We've talked about doing memberships. I know Culture Casino has offered to help me set up memberships. So we may we may look at that. But, you know, it, it, it's something that, that Minnie and I have talked about. Uh, there, are, there are three things that we need for growth. For success in, in this or any other endeavor that we've got. Money, time, and manpower. And money gets us the other two. But... Right now, since we rely on word of mouth, it basically means that I have to rely on all of you, as well as the staff here, and that goes as far as it goes, because I'm the only one sharing the links to anything, so it's, it's just one of those things where it's like, ah, what do we do? What do we do? So... Anyway, that's 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 neither here nor there. But he, but it's that kind of thing too that makes me think. Okay, well, what other kind of channels should we put together? Because this is this is a second channel for this, and I look at everything else that's going on. And we talked about doing another channel that's completely different from all of the genre stuff. You know, where I could actually talk about what's going on in the world because there are things going on in the world that I, that I I feel like I could comment on but this is not the proper forum for it um but occasionally they intersect uh just a little bit this is something that has come up again and well let me let me go let me go to this one first because this is in a makeup review channel now, um i don't think i'm qualified to review makeup uh snob uh now what was that one? Now wait a minute. What was that one that you were talking about doing at one point, Mrs. Boss? You you were talking about doing something. Uh, it involved it involved alcohol, but it was it was something where y'all were talking about doing something. Oh, 
Was it was it was dr- drunk makeup? Something like that. Kind of like that. Yeah. Well, maybe. I don't know. It, we'll see. <clears throat> a Rogaine review. I could do a, I I don't know. Maybe. All right. So here's a headline from Variety. This this connects to the Disney Florida stuff. All right. So stick stay with me here for just a second. This is a you know Hulu is partially owned by Disney. And we've talked about the new strategy, the hints and the suspicions that we have going out of Bob Chapek's new contract uh, for the next three years at Disney, at the Walt Disney Company. And the suspicion has been, and we've talked about it on a number of occasions, I've talked about it over on Culture Casino's channel and at, at, on the late night culture thing on, on Sunday night. This idea here that Bob Chapek is about to start swinging the axe. Yes, they have taken away Walt Disney's patriotic message at the parks, but I think that's a that's a lower level. Somebody decided this thing, and we could see some repercussions from that. But here is this from Variety: Dems slam Hulu for rejecting issues ads on abortions and guns. The headline in Washington Post: Democrats fume at Disney's Hulu for blocking ads on abortions, guns, and January 6th. This is a okay now. This is a Disney thing, so we're 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 tying this in to things that we have discussed because this is the 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 people that make the things that are supposed to be entertaining us. I mean, Disney's responsible for Marvel. They're responsible for Star Wars. This this kind of stuff is is part of the overall conversation of why do you give them money? Do you not give them money? Well, here's something. And and snob, you make you make an excellent point there, and that's that's exactly the the place where I'm at trying to figure out this stuff. He says I'm reluctant to suggest a politics channel because everyone is doing it, but maybe politics as it relates to sci-fi entertainment. I kind of do that here. Yes, you're right. Um, I but but again, it's it's one of those things where I trip myself up because I've made a commitment for the brand, the sci-fi for me brand to avoid advocating for a lot of this stuff. But at the same time, you're right. I do I do comment on it here. And if I were to completely lean into this and throw myself into this, I I I am faced with a couple of things uh, in terms of consequences. One, most of the staff would leave, although most of the staff doesn't listen to any of my shows, which is fine. Most of the staff doesn't even promote the shows, not even the shows that they're on. But that's the completely different other complaint. But I feel like I would be backsliding on going back on my word to keep the brand relatively neutral. So I got to figure out some other ways to do this. But yes, coming up where where the where the culture war intersects the things that are going on and what we talk about here. I think it's relevant because this goes back to Lightyear. It goes back to Minions. It goes back to um, the the Florida stuff. All all of that kind of thing. So it it's relevant. 
to a point. So here we go. From, from Variety, Hulu and its corporate parent, Disney, are facing a backlash kicked off by Democratic leaders who express fury over Hulu's rejection of ads attacking the GOP's track record on guns and abortion. On Tuesday morning, the hashtag Boycott Hulu was one of the top trending topics on Twitter in the U.S. Now, this is the same Twitter that has, along with most media, banned the use of the word groomer. I'll circle back to that here in a minute. Uh, continuing, this came after three Democratic organizations, the Democratic Senatorial Campaign Committee, Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee, and Democratic Governors Association, complained to the Washington Post, which reported Monday that Hulu had rejected their joint ads on abortion and guns on July 15th. So let's go over here to the Washington Post. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, the Disney-backed streaming service Hulu is refusing to run political ads on central themes of Democratic midterm campaigns, including abortion, guns, and the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol. The police let them in, <coughs> prompting fury from the party's candidates and leaders. Now, I, I, we're going to get, we're going to get into a little bit of politics here, folks. And I know some people have said, this is not a good idea. But this is relevant. The streaming service, popular among younger voters, which has a policy against running content deemed controversial, is like other digital providers in not being bound by the Communications Act of 1934, <clears throat> a law that requires broadcast television networks to provide politicians equal access to the airwaves. This is the equal time law, uh, equal time regulation that, that so many people make a bunch of noise about. But... It says here that they've decided not to run political ads. And the rest of this is all just, I'm not going to get into this, the rest of this is all just Democrats complaining. All right? <coughs> However, the implications of this, the fact that a Disney-owned company has said, we're not going to run your political ads on our streaming service. That tells me something. That tells me that somewhere within the C-suite, somebody said, don't do it. We're not going to do it. This is a policy decision. This is not, this doesn't seem like it's the streaming network. Somebody higher up probably said something. Whether it's Chapek or if it's, um, uh, what's his name? Oh, Who's in charge of the distribution, the, the digital distribution stuff? Chapek's right-hand man, basically. One of them probably sat there and said, okay, we're dialing back on the politics. Like Jeff Morrell told them to before he quit because they didn't listen to it. And yeah, I, I think this is definitely, this is definitely a lesson learned from the past. I really do think so. Uh, Sob says, TV networks have a brand and they do news, commentary, entertainment. Why can't Sci-Fi for Me have opinion programs, straight news? <sighs> That's a good question. And I have always looked at it as given the fact that we're a niche channel that focuses strictly on science fiction, fantasy, horror. Uh, that, makes it, that makes it a little bit limited in what kind, of, what kind of other programs that we do. If we were just a general broad spectrum network like an NBC or a CBS or whatnot. I mean, you look at those broadcast networks, they've got, 
various different kinds of shows, different formats. They've got sitcoms and dramas and police procedurals and science fiction and 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 you know that kind of thing. You know, when ABC can have uh, Once Upon a Time and The Rookie, you know, you've got a you've got a fantasy and a cop show on the same network. We don't we're we're not that broad in in terms of the mix of programs that we've got. So it's a it's a little different. But this this goes to say to show you that somebody at Disney has made a decision that the politics we're done with politics. And I think that's a smart thing because if you keep going down the road you're going uh, in terms of what what uh, Pixar and some of the other folks at, at the Disney parks and whoever the people that walked out want Disney to go, Disney's going to continue to lose money. Now, since Chapex renewal, the stock price has bounced back. It's now over $100 a share. It's coming back slowly. It's down a little bit. It's, you know, up and down, up and down, up and down. But over the course of the last month, look at this, this bounce here. And, you know, his renewal was January 1st, I think. Jul I mean, not January, July 1st. So July 1st, it starts to come back. Gives a little bit of a dip here for a week. And then now it's back over $100. So somebody likes what's been going on of late. Do we do we attribute that to the failure of Lightyear? We're gonna give we're gonna give Pixar a little rope, let them hang themselves. Because this is part of an overall broader question, an overall broader discussion with regard to kids and the people what are coming after your kids. And Disney is sitting there at the crux of this. And they have a problem. They've got a PR problem. Because how many people have been arrested in the last couple of months that were employees at the Disney World or you know Disney, any of the Disney parks who were part of an organized operation to snatch and grab kids? for various nefarious things. And then you have the teachers that are coming out of Florida and you've got teachers who are coming up on TikTok saying, you know, it's not about teaching math. It's not about teaching science. It's about teaching kids about sex. And they're using this, you know, this, you know, trying to redefine the word groomer as an anti-LGBTQ slur. Folks, they're coming after your kids. And Disney, if they're smart, Disney is going to completely backtrack and say, we are not having any part of it. And I think this decision at Hulu is part of that. But you've got this. Uh, this is cropping up again. You know, talking about George Takei. When George Takei came, was talking, and this was five years ago when he mentioned this, that you know his his first encounter was when he was 13 well folks that's not a healthy relationship that's that's predatory relationship but they're trying to use this to justify 
redefining and saying the word groomer is a slur. They're coming after your kids, people. And it's not just in the United States. But this is the kind of thing that you got to fight. The culture war is on your front doorstep in everything. Not just in science fiction. Not just, you know, let's put, let's put every, let's make every DC character bisexual and gay. Let's make Obi-Wan bisexual. Because that's there now. And we might talk about that a little bit tonight during Ranker Pit. But this new, this new book, Padawan, has a scene, at least one scene in it where it's talking about, you know, Obi-Wan and, and sexual attraction. And the indication in the book is that Obi-Wan might be bisexual. And, and that's code. Because no, no character that's been made bisexual has an interest in girls anymore. Tim Drake. Jonathan Kent. It doesn't matter. You can call them bisexual if you want, but they're not attracted to girls anymore. This is what they're doing. They're trying to normalize abnormal behavior. And you look at Takei's Twitter thread, it's all politics, and it's all related to sexual politics, mostly. This is not why this is not what we come here for. This is not this is not why I watch Star Trek. This is not why I watch Toy Story or or Battlestar Galactica or Doctor Who. I don't watch it for that. And this goes back to something we were talking about last night on H2O. I'm looking at all of this news coming out of San Diego Comic-Con and I don't care anymore because you as a as a as a production house as a studio as an entertainment industry have dared to preach at me and lecture me and shake your finger at me and call me names I don't care about your product anymore and then it comes out that you're trying to normalize behavior that preys on children And it is, it is frustrating for me because I would like to enjoy my stories without having to worry about the messages. What are you trying, what are you trying to do here? And this goes back all the way back to Woodrow Wilson's presidency. Because when Wilson was a president, he was advising, and, and, and Cloward Priven was, was part of this, but Woodrow Wilson was advised that if you really want to change the culture, if you really want to secure your place in power, then you indoctrinate the kids in school. This has been a long time coming, folks. And the, the fact that mo a, a lot of parents have woken up to this, basically, you know, listening to the Zoom calls and the, and the at-home remote learning and sitting there realizing, hey, wait a minute, what are these teachers actually trying to teach our kids? 
there's a reason why the 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 powers that be and the teachers unions don't want school choice. They want your kids in the government school program because they want the kids indoctrinated to be dependent on government. Government is the answer. It's an attack on our families. It's an attack on traditional values. But occasionally, every now and again, there's a small little ray of hope, a little piece of light that comes through in the darkness. And this decision from Hulu that says we're not going to run political ads, this is a good first step. This is a good piece. And it's an indication that the Walt Disney Company has sat there and decided okay, we're, we're not going to do this kind of thing anymore. If they're smart, they'll never get involved in this kind of stuff again. If they're smart. And if they're doubly smart, they will tell everybody, well, like you see, you know, their, their, diversity, their diversity officer was not available for an interview. At one point, somebody was doing an, uh, an article about something. And Disney did not let their diversity officer give a quote, give an interview. This is the same diversity officer who's sitting there talking on these videos that Christopher Rufo leaked about their not-so-secret gay agenda. Somebody put a muzzle on her and said, You sit down and shut up. You're not helping. This might be another piece of that. One can hope. Somebody at the Walt Disney Company looked over at the Hulu people and said, do not engage. <clears throat> I think we're going to see some more shakeups in the executive suites at the Disney-owned companies. ESPN, ABC, Hulu, Pixar... Lucasfilm, I mean, WDW Pro is reporting, you know, he's, he's actually going on record reporting for the first time that he's hearing from sources he finds credible that there's pressure from within Disney for Kathleen Kennedy to retire. And this is something, you know, we've been talking about this for years. Kathleen Kennedy's on her way out. Kathleen Kennedy's on her way out. And Matt Kadish was one of the few that sat there and said, nope, she's staying. But now we're hearing other, other reports, and WDW Pro is hit and miss sometimes, I know, just like everybody else. But he says he's hearing from his sources that there is pressure on the inside for Kathleen Kennedy to retire, which is why there's such a big push for Taika Waititi's movie to come out next year. So she's got that and Indiana Jones 5 and The Acolyte as her swan song, her last, her last gasp at relevance before she retires, before she golden parachutes out the door. Because they're not going to fire her. As much as she deserves it, they're not going to fire her. Because say what you want, have whatever opinion you want about her, she is a powerful executive in the Hollywood industry, both in terms of control that she has, influence that she has, the people that she knows, 
They're not going to fire her because office politics are in play here. But they will sing her praises as they're shuffling her out the door. But if there's pressure on the inside now for her to retire, that comes after Bob Chapek gets his new contract renewal. And remember last year they said, you know, we're going to be looking at all of the executive contracts and all of the executive contracts are going to be year to year, couple of years, and that's it, right? So at some point, Kathleen Kennedy is going to be done. And if all of this stuff is indicated is, is indicative of a change internally that maybe we haven't heard about yet... By the way, if any of you are working inside the executive suites at Walt Disney Company, we have emails and, and phone numbers. You can get a hold of us and let us know what's going on on the inside. I would love to have some insiders. Instead, I'm relying on second and third hand reports just like everybody else. I'd love to have somebody on the inside saying, hey, guess what I heard? And back it up and document it. I mean, those don't just, you know, we just can't just go with rumor and hearsay. <clears throat> and Dave says, if she's so powerful, why hasn't someone else offered her a job? I think there's two things there. I think, one, people realize that any, any new job is going to come with the baggage of whatever it is that she's left, you know, scorched earth with Lucasfilm. And, and her age and... Her track record is a little mixed as an, uh, as an executive. I don't know. Uh, we got a, a comment over on this channel exists. I'm leaving a comment. Um, let, me, let me look here. I got I to gotta listen. Huh. It sounds like our audio is not going. Could you check, could you check uh, Odyssey? And see if you've got audio because. Hang on just a second, folks. Is everybody okay on, on audio on, on YouTube, I guess, right? And Facebook, you guys are all hearing this fine, right? So are we... Okay, because I'm not hearing it. I guess, I guess maybe I'm not hearing it either. Interesting. Okay, so our audio might not be working... On Odyssey. Hmm. Audio is okay on YouTube. Okay. But yeah, the other part of it, uh, the other part of it is that I don't think no audio. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna screen capture that and send it over to the uh, the Odyssey folks. Because they're very, very, very responsive. But yeah, I think I think Kathleen Kennedy has uh, the 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 track record that she's got depends on other people's success. George Lucas, Steven Spielberg, Frank Frank Marshall. She's a she's there, but she happens to be there. She's not responsible for anything that's that's super successful. 
you know, uh, John Favreau, Dave Filoni. She's a she's an also rant. She's ex, she's the executive in charge of it. Yes, but I don't think uh, I don't think that she's an initiator. She's not an idea person. She's a manager. Uh, so. All right, I'm going to say. That. All right, so, so that's uh, I don't know. That, that I don't think anybody else is going to want to touch her because she's toxic. She's uh, she's not she's not somebody that's got a decent enough track record on her own to justify it. Plus, you know, at at this point. Who who's going to want the PR hassle, the PR headache, because it's going to become she killed Star Wars. That's that's her reputation going out the door. She killed Star Wars. Why would I want her to touch my franchise? And really, what other franchise is there? Star Trek? Marvel? I mean, Kevin Feige's doing fine with Marvel. And and if he wants to destroy Marvel, he's perfectly capable of doing it. I mean, we've seen Phase 4 and how it's kind of just kind of been, yeah. Phase 4, I've seen a lot of people talking about. The MCU people have talked about. You know, Phase 4 is just, yeah, boring. Phase 5, Phase 6, all of this stuff getting announced. Let's let's throw a bunch of mud on the on the wall and see what sticks, right? I'm cautiously optimistic about She-Hulk because I saw the tra- you know the trailer that came out from San Diego and she breaks the fourth wall very clearly, uh, which is you know that's John Byrne stuff. So if they've done it right, that show could be very successful. Um, you know, Ms. Marvel uh, was a lot better than I expected it to be. Um, <clears throat> Dave says uh, Kathy Kennedy will end up with a position at the Motion Picture Academy. Very possible. Yeah, it, and it'll be it'll be one of those it, it'll be one of those things where uh, you have uh, other things. Uh, all right, so she'll have a political position of some sort. It'll be a Hollywood politics position. It'll be a cocktail party position, but she won't be in any kind of a creative role after this. It'll be done. Uh, Snob says, uh, She-Hulk looks bad. Uh, I mean, well, yeah, Tatiana Maslany elevates it, I think. The CG is still a little dodgy, but if they do it right, the execution of it, they can, that could actually work in their favor. I don't, the fact that, the fact that, in John Byrne's run, especially when she was breaking the fourth wall, and she was doing it before Deadpool did it, by the way. If she breaks the fourth wall in the TV show and knows that she's in a TV show the same way she knew she was in a comic book, you could actually turn that CG issue into a thing. It might, it might actually turn into a bit in the show. I don't know that it will. 
it would it would be that would be you know let's take advantage of our let's let's work with our faults here right let's let's go with what we've got and and turn a negative into a positive i don't know that they'll do that they probably won't they're not that smart but dear dear marvel for a dime's worth of free advice lean into it if the cg is still dodgy by the time it comes out august Lean into that, you know. Throw a little saying this. Do I look? Do I look? Does Does this look right to you? But I don't know. I, Tatiana Maslany. Uh, it's worth it just to see her. Uh, I will. I will definitely watch just to have Tatiana. You know, Tatiana Maslany is an excellent actress. So yeah, and I've been wanting to see a She-Hulk series for a number of years. So I'm going to give it a shot. We'll see what happens. I'm positive. I'm I'm cautiously optimistic. And I haven't I haven't wanted to see a Squirrel Girl. I thought you did. No, I don't care about Squirrel Girl. I thought well, when they announced the casting of Squirrel Girl with Milana uh, Vangtraub, I thought that's intriguing. That's a, you know, she's a, she's a good choice for that. But we never got that show, so. I know she's going to play, I think she's playing the character in an animated thing, but uh, I don't know. We'll see. It's it's just, you know, Kennedy's done. And if Disney, <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know if it's because she's hot. Are you, are you talking about uh, Milana Ventraub or are you talking about uh, uh, Tatiana Maslany? I mean, Either way, it's not not because not because she's hot or anything, but anyway. On that note, time to go. <coughs> okay, uh, okay. So a couple of things. So uh, sci-fi for me TV dot two. It's it's kind of a thing. It's not really a thing yet, but it's kind of a thing. It's going to be an experiment. We're going to see what we see. We'll see what happens. I don't know if it's going to do us any good or not. So go sign up over there. And also check out, uh, sign, up, sign up over on Odyssey. Go follow us on Odyssey. Because one of these days, I mean, we do a show like this. More often than not, we could probably get demonetized or the channel gets, gets thrown out. So who knows what's going to happen. So hedge your bets. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, Squirrel Girl could be fun, and yeah, and and yeah, the, the the drawing, the drawing and the comics. Uh, the most well, the most recent iterations of Squirrel Girl. Well, she was pretty cute when she started. When when we first got Squirrel Girl introduced, and and you know throughout the years, but recently, you know, the last five, six, eight years. The artwork has been less than stellar, I guess. But yeah, Squirrel Girl could be another way, another uh, another Ms. Marvel, another way of getting to those younger uh, those younger people. So, uh, but you know, what do I know? I've only been doing this for thirty three years. I I I don't know very much of anything. All right, that's going to do it for us today, folks. Don't forget, you can find us on all the different social medias, and. Uh, I do. We do have the newsletter you can sign up for. I haven't put one out yet. I might. I might retire the newsletter. It's just I've just got so much time. Uh, so uh, anyway, but there's all of those, 
And then, of course, uh, we do invite you to join us on uh, Saturday for Good Morning Multiverse. Tomorrow on the program, Mike Sheffield from the Heinlein Society will be here. And then uh, Michael Gallagher will be our guest on Thursday talking about his new book. So join us for that tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central. We've got a new uh, discussion in the Ranker Pit. Uh, I've got a list. And I haven't seen, uh, I haven't sent it to everybody yet, but uh, we've got, a, I've got a list. Some people being stupid, saying stupid things. So, not us. We're going to talk about people saying stupid things. So, that's, uh, that's tonight on the Ranker Pit. In the meantime, have a good rest of your day. Don't, don't doom scroll on, on social media all day. Get outside, walk around, heck, get some sunshine. Remember, there are four lights. This has been a presentation of Sci-Fi For Me Radio. Copyright 2022 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media.